Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the latest episode of Monty's Men Podcast. The Monty's Men Podcast. Uh, I've got Eddie here with me again today. Uh, Eddie, uh, some sad news we just got uh, not too long ago. Uh, that's right. Um, we lost a legend of the game. A legend who also played for Sevilla uh, FC amongst uh, many other clubs. Uh, that man, uh, Diego Armando Maradona, passed away at the age of 60 um, after suffering a heart attack. Um, he was he was hospitalized earlier this month, so I, I thought it was something related to that. He had uh, a brain surgery earlier in the month, but this apparently was just a sudden heart attack, and and he's gone now. Gone, but never forgotten. I don't think he could ever. Uh, a legend, legends never die. So, yeah. uh, a man like that, uh, for what he's done in the game, um, that'll never go away. Yeah, no, he's definitely a legend and a legend of Sevilla. I mean, he uh, played for Sevilla only one season, but left a uh, remarkable kind of legacy there. And and he owes a lot to Sevilla. I think Sevilla took a chance on. On Maradona. Maradona took a chance on Sevilla, too, I guess. He arrived in, in the, oh, kind of actually in September of 92. So it was well past the transfer window. And Sevilla had already started playing some games. It was kind of kind of a weird transfer. Uh, Maradona was coming off of his pretty long suspension. I think it was 15 months or something like that for uh, cocaine abuse. And Sevilla, you know, they had the Argentinian coach at the time. and. He wanted Maradona playing there, and uh, Napoli was trying not to sell. Uh, and I was reading that today that actually uh, Sepp Blatter actually uh, kind of intervened in that transfer and made it happen, mm. um, which actually made the season even more weird for Sevilla because they had to do some international friendlies uh, to kind of pay for Maradona's transfer, um, something I never really knew about. It was – Interesting wow. story. They had to they had to travel and play several different teams, like uh, even Boca Juniors, his old team uh, from Argentina. So uh, strange time in Sevilla that year. And Maradona wore the shirt twenty nine times and scored uh, seven goals for Sevilla in that short short season. Anyway, uh, I saw uh, Monchi actually had, had quoted in a prior article that. You know, he thought Maradona was only performing around 30% that season because he was a little overweight mm-hmm. and still a little kind of gingerly, uh, had some injuries that were nagging him and that sort of thing. So if we had a full, healthy Maradona, who knows what it would have been here. Um, mm-hmm. He only had one year on his contract, but he had an option for a second. Evidently, there was some, you know, Maradona drama that, he wanted to go back to Argentina and play for the national team, but Sevilla was trying to climb to you know Europe, European slots in the league, and there was some drama and some late nights and some accidents and all kind of things that, that ended that that career with Sevilla. So um, that was pretty much his time in Europe. He was done at that point and went back to Argentina to play. That's right. He returned and uh, went. To uh, at first went to Newell's Old Boys, um, didn't really play much there, and then uh, ended his career back with uh, Boca Juniors. That's that sucks, man. Yeah, losing a legend like that. Uh, sure, he's he's sixty years old, but that is his personality as well. Like in in the football in the football world, 
I guess it, it was like the kind of personality that lights up the room, right? Yeah. Uh, I remember he was uh, the coach of Argentina. Um, whether that was good or bad for the team, but it just added a little something, you know, even when he's just watching a game up in the stands, um, just having one of those guys around. Definitely a character. Uh, I started watching the Netflix documentary about his time when he was coaching uh, Dorado in Mexico. And, um, you know, I'm only a couple episodes into that, but it's actually really good. He's, and you see like his impact that he had on the team just immediately when he came. I mean, they were bottom of the league and uh, quickly gained spots and was, you know, fighting uh, in the playoffs. So, uh, or to get into the playoffs. Anyway, it was so far so good. I mean, it's a really, really interesting look at the latter part of Maradona's uh, career. And so far so good. Uh, you know, a couple of guys on the forum uh, are reaching out, just, you know, sharing some comments. Uh, Dej1992 says, one of many great players to have worn the Sevilla shirt. Uh, Surrey Sevilla says, uh, the man could iconis- iconicize literally any shirt. And um, that year, Sevilla won the or wore the uh, Super Nintendo kit. If you remember that, so there's that classic Maradona wearing the Super Nintendo kit. So yeah, that's unfortunately we lost a legend today, and uh, uh, you know our hearts go out to the Maradona family and all the Argentinians in the world. On that sad note, let's switch gears and talk about something a little more happy. And uh, Sevilla got the job done in four games in the group. They're done. They're moving on. Uh, Lopetegui said that he's not done. He wants to win the group, but the goal has been met. So we're moving on. A bit of a nervy game, Um, (laughs) but I mean, Sevilla won. So that's all that matters. Uh, Your super sub who started and played a full 90 uh, pulled it out for us. Munir El Haddadi. And... Uh, maybe too early to to say this, but does Munir have the clutch gene? I I don't know, but it's that was. Uh, I mean, he was taking shots all game, and yep. mostly not hitting the target though. But you could tell he was he was trying. He was looking for that goal. Um, yeah. We came out playing um, a five three two, which I think it helped Munir the most because that's his best position as a second striker. And uh, definitely playing with someone else with the different quality that he's uh, qualities that he does in uh, in De Jong that definitely helped his game. He was able to find some spaces there. Um, unfortunately, that five three two didn't really help the entire team as the game went on, um, and it was a pretty sloppy game if you want, if you want to say that. Very clumsy from some players in terms of handling the ball. Some passes were wayward. Even Fernando was messing up there. And he's like, well, wait a minute. Do I do this? And then he, like, recovered the ball right away. Um, it was a very weird game. Uh, we scored really early, though. Really early. And what a goal by Ivan Rakitic. I mean, scored in the last game to start off the comeback. And this time, it's just, okay, let's put our foot down and yeah. take the lead. It was just four minutes in. Yeah, just right out of the gate. And uh, they could have scored right before that, too. It was uh, – Sevilla came out really on fire. That was uh, fourth minute, Rakitic's goal. It was kind of a – started with cross by uh, Ocampos uh, into the box that I think was headed out a little bit by either defender, and it just fell right to Rakitic. Uh-huh. He hit it on the uh, half volley, 
right into the bottom left corner of the net, and Sevilla went up uh, one nothing really early. You know, like what do you call those? Like, like a grass cutter. And that was a laser. <laughs> that was a laser of a shot from uh, from Ivan. And yeah, yes. we take the lead one one nil. Uh, yeah, after four minutes. Ahí se marcha, ahí va Ocampos, ahí va Ocampos, no tiene nada de por delante, toda la banda derecha para él, sigue Ocampos, busca la línea de fondo, Ocampos va a buscar el centro de Ocampos, el remate que no llega, balón rechaza de gol. ¡Gol! ¡De Iván Rakiti! ¡Gol, gol, 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 gol! Sevilla a los cuatro minutos de partido la presión alta del Sevilla forzó el error robó la pelota, la entrega para Ocampos que se marchó por banda derecha, hizo la individual se marchó hasta la línea de fondo la puso atrás, el despeje le cayó a Rakitic que con pierna derecha bote pronto en la corona del área fuera de la misma, le pegó hacia la base del palo derecho de la portería del Krasnodar y hace el 0 a 1 para el Sevilla. Iván Rakitic adelanta al Sevilla. Cuatro minutos de partido. A little bit of pressure came in from Krasnodar, as 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 you would um, after conceding. Uh, but we regained control. Um, we were able to get a counterattack after that. It was like a 4v2. They ended up with Kunde cut in on his left. Probably wasn't the best option to go to Kunde, but I guess it was the only one available for Campos at the time. But what I found is that we didn't really have moments and spells of possession, um, but it was very difficult, especially on that right-hand side. I think Ocampos really began to find life hard as a wingback. And he, just the usual things that a fullback does, like getting out of traps and, and passes to, to exit out of, out of your own half. Like he was just missing simple passes to, to Oscar. And I think Oscar also had a hard time um, playing in the midfield. He had to cover a lot of ground. And the 5-3 shape didn't really help us defensively either because Escudero kept getting exposed on the left because he didn't really have much help. Normally, we would play 5-4-1, and then someone like Munir would be on the left-hand side to help him out with the, the overlapping uh, opposing fullback. So we got left exposed a few times over there, and we decided to switch to a 4-3-3 kind of halfway into the second half. But, yeah, it was pretty uh, early. 56 minutes, I believe, we brought in Jordan. Actually, yeah, right 50, when we brought 50, in Jordan. 53rd minute, uh, they brought in Jordan. Yeah, I mean, you, you hit on everything that I had notes on. It was just uh, right after that goal, just really unnerving in the midfield, lots of ball loss. Even at the back, we had some ball loss. Uh, Goodell was playing uh, a center half uh, position this game and almost cost us. I mean, yeah. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> it was kind of kind of a strange little move. I saw him make that same move earlier, and it and it worked. But this time it didn't, yeah. and and uh, their attacker found themselves in a great position to score. And Kunde just tracking back made a hell of a run and saved it. I mean, he he kind of threw his foot in in front of the shot. It barely nicked it, and then hit off the post. And man, what was Vaklik doing there? Did did you did you see the replay of that? Like. So I don't yeah. blame I don't blame Vaklik for the initial like whatever was happening, but after right. he came off the post, Vaklik just kind of stood there. He didn't fight to get back into position. Luckily, it fell 
Um, it, it fell to their attacker, and he couldn't really do anything to it. And then back, like, finally recovered. But it took – it seemed like it, it took him forever to react to that ball. And I was like, what are you doing? You just sit there. But he seemed, you know. uh, seemed defeated. Like, okay, it was ine- inevitable that they were going to score. Yeah. But I think that's just – I think that's just Vashley being low on confidence right now, so he's not doing everything to the best of his ability. A, a goalkeeper, your your job is to prevent goals from happening, so you'll do your up, utmost to for whatever to, to stop whatever goal from going in. Um, if it hasn't crossed the line yet, you have to be in there. You can't be uh, in a in a daze and ball watching, especially for a goalkeeper. And he was ball watching at that point and. Uh, luckily, the the ball bounced in a way to for him to save it afterwards. I don't know if I want to blame him too much for the goal because that was kind of deflected as well, and there's some players ahead of him. But you would think I don't I don't want to be too harsh on the guy. You say okay, there's elite goalkeepers that might make that save, but it was a deflected shot, so I don't want to I don't want to put him down too much for that one. Um, Kunde also almost getting the save for that as as well. Yeah. Um, Gunde saves our bacon so many times, even during the game, just defending and getting he, rid of threats. He was my my man of the match. I mean, flying Same. up and down the, the the you know kind of filling in for that novice role a, a bit um, at, at times. Uh, you brought up the the accomplice layoff earlier, where he kind of made a great move to get a shot on goal. He got it on his left foot and just didn't get enough power to do anything you know, to really challenge the keeper. But so many headers won, so many times that he made recoveries uh, for this team. I mean, clear man of the match. You could argue Munir maybe for winning it, but, I mean, Kunde was massive. And and unfortunate there, he tried to save it off the line, hit him off the chest, and then bounced in on that goal. So what minute was that that they scored? Um, I've got a note somewhere, but I can't find it. It's, uh I think the 56, it was right after De Jong had a really decent chance on goal. Yeah, it was right Um, after they brought in Jordan, uh, 56 minute, you're right. Um, Yeah, it just seemed very lassidaisical in that midfield. And I think Lopetegui recognized that and made some, well, he had to make some subs. I mean, um, Escudero going down again with what looks to be some sort of uh, arm injury. Have you seen an update on Escudero? I, I haven't. I looked earlier and I couldn't find anything. I haven't yet. Maybe I'll find it throughout um, as as this recording goes. But um, it seemed like it was a shoulder injury. I thought it was a knee at first. Um, I think the commentator had, had made that remark as well. But um, I think it was a shoulder I think Escudero is just really unlucky with injuries because it feels like every season now there's something. Yeah. Um, I think it's the I same can... shoulder that he injured prior. So I, I, I wasn't sure of his shoulder, maybe some sort of arm injury. I don't know if he's got a broken broken arm or something there. Um, but they immediately put like a, a towel over the, over the arm injury, uh, which is never a good sign. So, yeah, our commentary uh, here said the same thing. It was a knee, but – you know, when they when they put something, you know, draping over the injury, it's a pretty good indication of where the injury lies. So uh, yeah. I think he is looking at that, that shoulder or, or arm. So uh, I haven't seen any update. Hopefully, hopefully he recovers well. I mean, uh, we've already got a Acuna there on the on the left back that's that's injured. Now Escudero's injured. So leaves Sevilla very vulnerable on the fullback position. 
And impending, yeah, like you remarked, an impending crisis at left back because uh, no Cunha, I don't know how long he's gone for. It might be a couple weeks. Uh, Escudero now, who knows? There's there's no timeline as of yet. Um, Rekic, um, being a left-sided center back, was, is our emergency left back. Um, he's not really going to offer much going forward. I mean, he offered he offered himself at times. In, in, he, guess, he tried yesterday. Our, I mean, he, he did tried, try, but he, you could tell he was was not comfortable at all going into attack. He immediately was looking for a pass back or you know, for somebody else to take the ball from him so he didn't have to right. drive forward. So, uh, and, and to his credit, I mean, I doubt they've practiced him very much in that position, if at all. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Do we see uh, – you know, one of our young academy guys come up and, and play this weekend? Or, or uh, do we go with Rekic at left back? Or, or does uh, Lopetegui change formations and go uh, without without fullbacks? I don't know how that's going to work in this type of offense, and I doubt I see that happen, but who knows? Um, unfortunately, yeah, this is why I call it an impending crisis because even our, our highly rated left back that would probably – find this time, um, see this as an opportunity. Uh, Pablo Perez, who was on the squad in the Europa League uh, last season, um, he hasn't played a single minute this season because he, he's been injured since since preseason. Yeah. And there was some contract issues going on with him. I think he's about to resign because he has less than a year left. Yeah, um, I saw that actually yesterday um, Cavani tweeted out that he did resign. So that contract yeah. deal's done. Thank goodness. So it would have been perfect for him to to step up and and see what he could offer, but he's still injured as well for another I don't know couple of weeks as well. Um, there's Javi Vasquez from Sevilla Atletico, although I'm not too sure about him. I think uh, we'll see what Lopetegui does, but I feel like he'll still play Rekic at, at left back, unless he goes with something um, creative and I don't know puts a left sided attacker there. So I could only see. I don't know, Monero's left-footed to play as a wing-back, but that might be really awkward. Um, yeah, especially after he just went 90 today. I don't know. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I, I think he's going to have to get a little creative, and uh, whoever ends up there is definitely going to hurt our attack, I'm sure, because everything kind of flows through our fullbacks in the system. So, so, so Escudero goes down. He gets injured. Uh, Lopetegui has to make a sub. He brings on uh, Rekic for Escudero, and he subs. Uh, Torres came on for Rekic uh, at that time. So changed things up a little bit. Nothing really seemed to happen, though. I mean, it was nothing happened until the 72nd minute when Lopetegui makes two more subs, which I thought was – I mean, now you're 20 minutes left in the match, and you're making your final two subs. I mean, that's pretty ballsy by Lopetegui, but I he saw – he saw that nothing was really – there was not a lot of energy on the pitch, so I think he had to make oh. those changes. Uh, he took off uh, Ocampos and De Jong at that point and brought on uh, Inezri and Idrisi to kind of change it up. So we get to see Idrisi a little bit more today, a uh, whole 20 minutes of, of match time. Any thoughts on his play? Um, I, like, I like his attacking intent. Um, always, always going at defenders and trying to penetrate the box. He did He did get a couple half chances there. There was a cross by Kunde that just came that actually met him at the far post, um, but he reacted with his right foot, and that 
brought it out for a goal kick. We also had a, a chance um, on the left side again and kind of digging out the defender and then uh, getting a, it was not that much of a great shot, kind of a tame left shot. It could have, it could have seen its way in, but the, yeah. the goalkeeper saved it. It was, he took the shot with his left, which is good to see that he's uh, not afraid of the weak uh, foot shot. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to jump on this early. Um, that front three we had to, to end the game, it was, it was an all Moroccan front three. You know, I have to, I always have to put on the back. <laughs> but uh, the, we had a Moroccan front three with Munir and Nesiri and uh, Idrissi, um, who does have um, Dutch nationality, but he's, he's Moroccan. Uh, Usama Idrisi. Um, that looks like a really good front three to to end matches because they all have pace yep. and and they have skill on the ball. And I guess that it works for Yen for to have someone I guess from from his background to to trust someone more. Um, it's easier for and as Idrisi is a new player too, someone who comes from the same place as as you do, yep. um, kind of helps him ease into things. So there yeah. might be some chemistry developing there between some of those players. Um, but it, it, se- it seemed all right. Um, it was Munir who eventually got the, the winning goal. Um, I think he was just keeping all the chances to himself, to be fair, but at least, <laughs> at least he got the goal. And it was very late into injury time. I think yeah, was- four, fourth minute of injury time. He, he, uh, yeah. he scored the winner for Sevilla. Um, but yeah, I mean, great goal there. I mean, uh, he got a little lucky with the ball, kind of, popping up uh, on the defender. The defender made a challenge, I think, and it popped up and then fell right back to Monir, who made a huh. good first touch off of it, put him in position and uh, beat the keeper. So, yeah, crazy, crazy little moment there. Le habla Diego Carlos, se dice que mejor hacia adelante, donde está Idris y donde está Oliver Torres. Va a cabecear Vilena, la gana Wanderson en medio campo. Mete el pie, lo intentaba ahí. Oliver Torres, a ver el cuero va a ser para el Sevilla, que va a salir al ataque. Va por dentro Nesiri, se va a plantar en la frontal. Nesiri dentro para Munir. Recorta Munir, quiere pegar la puerta, el rechace. Le favorece a Munir. ¡Gol! ¡Gol, gol, 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 Cuando parecía que se iba el partido el empate, va la pantera a la carrera, la cabalgada de Nesiri para encontrar dentro a Munir. En el recorte le favorece la jugada, bate a Gordov, marca Munir, marca el Sevilla, Sevilla de Champions, Krasnodar 1, Sevilla 2, 94 de partido en Rusia. But it wasn't over. Like, Krasnodar didn't stop fighting, man. They came back and almost won it at yeah. the end. I mean, it took uh-huh. some great defending by Sevilla at the end to, to win the match. And it wasn't comfortable at all. I mean, wow. Yeah. They, they, they have a way of making us fans really sweat for a whole 90 minutes plus. It's, it's not a Sevilla win if you don't suffer a little bit, right? <laughs> it will, no matter, even if there's like 10 seconds left, Sevilla's going to make you suffer. But um, it's it's part of winning. There's always times where you suffer, 
Um, you have to expect to suffer. Even even Zidane says it about his teams that you have to embrace the suffering because inevitably it will come. It will be a time when the other team is just giving it, giving it their all and then you just have to withstand the pressure yep. and, and push through from it. And it was just a minute, but yeah. We see what our team Sevilla could do in less than a minute, right? Um, Sevilla way, right? The Sevilla way. <laughs> um, um, so I made a couple other notes. Like one thing that I thought was interesting, and it kind of goes to your point about the Moroccans coming on. Um, did, did you notice that they were passing the hand notes um, when they came on? The Idrisi had a, a note and he passed to uh, Jordan. Jordan, yeah. And I think. And Ezri had one that he passed off to someone. I don't remember who that was, but um, it just shows you that the team, you know, these guys are, are still fresh to the team, still learning Spanish. And and uh, Lopetegui, I guess, did, wanted to make sure to pass a message along and didn't want it to be screwed up in translation. So uh, Henry, uh-huh. no, that kind of got passed. This kind of puts it in perspective that these guys are still, you know, fairly new and learning each other and learning the language. and. Um, the ref, another week, I, I think uh, the ref missed a penalty, right? Um, the handball in, in the first half? Yeah, it went to VAR, and they said, no, nah, that's not nothing. The, the guy's on the, you know, it Tim. Came off his, yeah, it came off his foot and then hit his arm. I think it would be kind of soft. Um, I, I thought it was soft, too, but, you know, the guys on the forum thought it was a clear penalty. Um, Tim and, and Brian talking about it, they were just saying, uh, you know, clear penalty. The other thing that, uh, you know, made me nervous and just – it was interesting because there was a ton of fans, right? They allowed 10,000 fans in the stadium yesterday. Mm, yes. Um, many of those fans were wearing chin diapers, you know. <laughs> that's a that's a South Park term that's, ever, you know, forever going to be ingrained into, uh, I guess, our, our um, <laughs> pop culture history now. But chin diapers, man. So – yeah, they had masks on, but they wore them around their chin, not covering their mouth or nose. And, you know, they were really close to the pitch. You know, I was talking to people here, and I was like, man, I hope nobody comes down with COVID just from the fans breathing down at the players. Like, it was unnerving, like, just knowing how many people were there and nobody was proper mask wearing. I, I was – it made me worried for the players. It was cool to see fans again, right? I mean, it's – it was nice when when those players line up and that Champions League anthem plays. It's like, wow, there's fans here too. It's like that always makes it that much more special, and especially like if you're fighting for like to clinch qualification, like an important match, and they're fighting to stay in the in the competition as well. Yeah. So, yeah, just seeing fans, it was like, wow, this is what it feels like again. Wow, that's what it's like. <laughs> it had to, to be have fans a, at a match. It had to be hard for the for the Sevilla players because I mean they haven't had any any fans in some time, right? I don't think any place they've played so far, they haven't had fans except for Krasnodar. So it had to be kind of different. I feel like they embraced it more than anything. I mean, we normally perform well away from home anyway, but um, they it seemed like they embraced it for the most part. At least that's what it felt like at the beginning of the game because the rest yeah. of the game was a whole different story. It came away with the three points where level 10 points with uh, at 10 points with Chelsea um, was just ahead on goal differential, but we'll see what it comes down to in match day five uh, next week. 
Um, they are starting to score goals now, so things are starting to click with uh, the blue side of London. I'm interested to see that match. It's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what Lopetegui does in terms of his lineup. He'll most likely want to win that match so we could get the home, the home advantage for whatever for whatever it's worth in in February when the uh, round of 16 resumes. But it'll be an interesting match because um, the first one was very cagey when it finished nil nil. After seeing each other for the first time, this the second uh, return match will be interesting. Yeah, and I think Lopetegui is going to uh, go for it. I mean, he said that pretty much in his interview at the end of the game. He says, uh, uh, quote, I'm happy with the – well, I'm quoting in English. I don't know if it was in English or this is an uh, English translation. But uh, I'm happy with both the team's performance tonight and the fact that we managed to qualify for the knockout stages after just four games. That's especially valuable in this difficult season. Uh, he goes on to say, now we've got the remaining aim of finishing first. So that's good to hear that he's got that goal of finishing the group in the first. We'll see how that game plays out because there will be uh, a match against Real Madrid, probably deep in the minds of the players. So we'll, we'll see what uh, lineup he puts up. But, but before then, we do have a match against Huesca on the weekend. We have yet to win a match um, this season. Um, does not mean anything, though. Um, this is La Liga. I feel like these La Liga matches have been harder than the Champions League matches. I don't know if that's just me. No, no I agree with you. The other leagues. Yeah, everybody's no showing up. We, the we... other leagues, but these quote unquote um, lower level Spanish teams, uh, whether they're in the bottom half of the table or what have you, they really have been giving us a hard time. And none of these games have been easy um, from us losing three straight in October. Uh, finally starting to uh, find our feet again. Uh, two straight wins in La Liga now, hopefully to make it three on Saturday um, against Huesca. We'll, we'll see what happens because, I don't know, we have, uh, I think Lopetegui probably has his preferred 11 set right now. Um, I think the striker role is still being disputed between uh, Yen and, and De Jong. I guess it depends on the matchup and the uh, the approach that Lope wants to take, um, depending on the team we're facing. Um, but I, th- I appreciate what's happening with Yen because he's uh, he's starting to come along, even though maybe sometimes um, his technique might fail him. But um, he's scoring goals, he's uh, assisting in goals now as well. Um, he's he's starting to look good, man. He's starting to look like the 20 million euro signing that uh, that we made back in January. Yeah. Um, but he's getting on a score sheet. I think he has five now in, in total this season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Lopetegui does. Just, uh, you know, coming off of, a, you know, we actually get another day's rest uh, this week because of the early Tuesday match from Russia, but we're traveling from Russia. So um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know that the players are going to feel any fresher, but um, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, maybe we'll get to see a uh, Edrisi, you know, from the start. Maybe this weekend that'd be that'd be fun to see. Um, I don't know. I think it's uh, to your point. I, I do think he's got a favorite eleven that's been modified, of course, because of injuries and uh, little tweaks, but. I think we'll see the Jordan and Rakitic pairing starting again in the midfield because I think he's going to want to control the midfield a little better than what we did this week. So, And uh, Jordan, he looked really tidy when he came on. Um, oh, without a doubt. Yeah, like, he he definitely calmed everything down. You could see it. Yeah, 
for sure. Just oozing class, right? And yeah, he's 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 developing into a very very um, uh, impressive midfielder with a unique set of skills for for a Spanish midfielder because Spain doesn't really produce box to box midfielders like that. But I think yeah, that that's our preferred uh, starting pairing uh, or a trio in midfield with Fernando Jordan and, and Rakitic. Um, Oscar was a bit disappointing. I thought Torres played Madrid. pretty well. I thought Torres, Torres was played nice pretty well. On. Yeah, but he, I feel he's better in that role um, coming off the bench and kind of changing things up. He's, he's a very good playmaker and like hitting blind passes to the, the opposite <clears> flank sometimes. Um, his, his playmaking ability really comes, comes out when he, uh, when he comes off the bench. Yeah, he brought a lot of energy, too, that was needed at that time. Yeah, uh, 12.30 p.m. on Saturday, I guess, uh, Huesca. That's Eastern time, so that would be 6.30 p.m. Spanish time. Uh, and then, of course, we got Chelsea at 3 p.m. on the following Wednesday uh, at home. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, this team's got a lot to prove um, still. Uh, we need to continue climbing the ladder in La Liga. Finally, uh, exhale now and not be so caught up with the midweek Champions League matches, knowing that the uh, qualification is secured. Yep. Um, and climb up the table in La Liga because we have uh, Real Sociedad in first. who's looking a little bit cozy up there with some of the other bigger teams that are dropping points. But um, Real Sociedad, just to let them know that it's not going to be a, a cozy ride um, from here on out because I know the boys in, in red and white are coming now. It's yep. been 10 matches. We've only played eight, eight of them. We're coming. I mean, I know, I know Betis was feeling comfortable being above Sevilla at, at this point of the season. Not anymore. Uh, so we're in seventh now. Just, just know uh, La Real, all these other teams, uh, Sevilla is coming now. <laughs> we're, we're ready to challenge. Yep. I think we'll be up there fighting very soon. So I guess that's it for us uh, this week. Um, uh, you know, thanks everybody for listening. The Machi episode is doing really well. You know, it's fun watching the stats of, of that. I hope you guys are still enjoying what you're listening to here. And uh, uh, like and subscribe on your favorite podcast stations and, and share with your friends. So uh, until next week, uh, well, actually until Saturday or Sunday, whichever day we get this out, uh, we'll see you then. Peace. And rest in peace, Diego.